Hello, magic seekers. You are listening to the Little Scraps of Magic podcast, where you're invited to journey to the depths of your soul in search of pleasure, peace, truth, and grit. Here, you'll go within as you listen to conversations, meditations, and life lessons that will guide you back to your power, help you regulate your nervous system, and remind you that magic is real. I'm your host, Steph Traska, a life and embodiment coach, energy worker, mom of two crazy little boys, and at my core, a wild earth goddess. Whether you're in an energetic space of power and joy, or you're feeling shattered and stuck, it's my mission to nourish you back to your divine wholeness so that you step into your day and life with deep trust and an open heart. Now take a cleansing breath and open yourself up to receive today's little scrap of magic. Anything you want to do. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Little Scraps of Magic podcast. I'm your host, Steph Traska, and today we are going to be talking about the seasons and how you can work with them to create a life that feels in balance, that feels supercharged, that feels peaceful, that feels accommodating, that feels in alignment. How is that all possible by just talking about and working with the seasons? You will see. (laughs) So I mentioned on my first episode that I'll be talking about moon cycles and menstrual cycles, or I will be inviting other guests to talk about those subjects as well, because there is so much power in cyclicality, in cyclical living. And I came to recognize this power when I was beginning my own spiritual awakening. So I mentioned on my first episode that I had immense postpartum depression, rage, a lot going on after the birth of my second son, Everett, about two and a half years ago. And that this is what really opened the path before me into the world that I'm living in now and the work that I get to do now. But what I started learning during that time was about my own menstrual cycle and how it really mirrored the seasons. And the reason that I got into learning about my menstrual cycle was because I was diagnosed with postpartum hypothyroidism. And so my hormones were all wacky, right? My body had become like nothing I'd ever known before. It looked different. It felt different. It acted different, There was acne, there was excess weight. So I started learning about my estrogen, my progesterone. I cannot remember like all of the details, nor do I want to bore you with them. But essentially, as I started learning that my body was going through some massive changes postpartum, I naturally wanted to support it. And so I remember picking up the book called Do Less by Kate Northrup. And that's how I began to learn about our menstrual cycles and the ways that we can work with them, right? That we as women are actually primed for different activities, for different energy levels at different times in our cycles. So, you know, while men wake up hormonally the same every day, 
While men operate on a 24-hour cycle and clock, women operate on a, you know, 21 to 40-day cycle or clock. Biologically, we're different than men, right? Research has always been geared at men, not at women. We are only beginning to learn about the female body, about how our hormones affect us differently, about how our genetic makeup affects us differently than men. And so as I began learning about my menstrual cycle and, you know, what I might be energetically primed for at whatever time of the month, I saw the similarities in our menstrual cycles and the moon phases and the seasons. And so there's so much that can be said about all these cycles. But today I really want to talk about the seasonal cycles and how we can work with them in moving through our own emotions in moving through our own grief, in stepping into our power, in claiming what is rightfully ours. Yes, yes, you can do this by using the seasons metaphorically. All right. So here's how I want to begin. I actually created a year long program called Chrysalis. It was, of course, created through my own pain, through my own transformation, through my own, you know, experience of being the caterpillar and then turning into the butterfly that I created this year long container for women who were going through their own metamorphosis. And the way that I set the stage for this year long program, and we're actually at the time of this recording, wrapping this program this month, we've got a couple more weeks left. It is miraculous the leaps and bounds that these women have made. I digress. Um, the way that I structured this program was to begin in autumn. So around autumn equinox, around September 21st. And the first quarter, the first season, the first three months of this program were to be centered around the theme of release. All right, so that's where I want to begin in this conversation today around the seasons. When we are moving through something big and powerful and important, the first thing that we often need to do is to release. We need to let go. We need to surrender, right? Because as we are moving towards something in our future, as we are getting ready for the next level, whether that's the next level of power or whether that's the next level of healing and putting ourselves back together, we need to create space to do so. We are not Mary Poppins bag. We cannot just keep cramming different endless things into our beings, into our souls and expect that we're going to, you know, be able to transform in this beautiful way. We need to release old patterns, old habits, old identities that are no longer working for us. They may have worked beautifully for us in the past, but that doesn't mean they're always going to continue to do so. And how do we know that something has stopped working for us? Well, one of the things that I find is this feeling of stuckness. You might feel blocked. It might feel like things are heavy and sludgy and dull and there's no more movement. So that's for me one way I know that, for example, a program that I'm running might not be working anymore. Oh, it was so full of life. I was so full of energy. The creations were coming effortlessly. The clients were coming effortlessly. But then if people stop showing up for me or if I'm feeling like I don't know what to write, I don't know what to say, I don't know how to support them. Well, the thing that was working isn't working anymore, right? 
it was really relevant to my life. It was really relevant to my energy. I was able to produce. I was able to create something really magical. But then something in the universe or something in me or something in the people I was attracting changed. And now it feels stuck. It feels dense. It feels heavy. There's no more movement. I know it's not working anymore. What do I need to do? I need to let go of that program now. I need to put it down and I need to trust that something new is going to be ready to come through me, right? So this is the season of autumn. It is the season of letting go. And when we look to autumn or fall, what happens? Like literally look to nature. Think back. If you're not in a season of autumn where you live right now, look around you. What is happening? What do you see happening with the trees and the leaves? The colors are changing. The leaves are dropping. What do you notice about the animals? Squirrels are scurrying around, storing up for winter. Everyone is beginning to let go. Everything is beginning to let go. You know, where summer was the season where everything's in full bloom and full swing. Autumn is a season of preparing. It's a season of letting go and preparing, right? So I love looking to the leaves and how they're shedding and dropping. But I also love to look at the animals and seeing what are the ways that they're preparing themselves for the winter ahead. Or certain insects and animals will die out. Their lives will end as autumn comes around, as the temperatures dip, as the days become shorter and the nights become longer. But here's the thing. (laughs) So often, We are conditioned to look for the gratification, to look for the evidence that we have won, we have arrived, we are successful, right? And we don't think that that should start with letting go of something. We don't think that that should look like dropping or shedding. It shouldn't look like getting more naked, right? It should look like you've arrived. So... We want to skip ahead to the summer season, to this time of full bloom where everything is lush, but we can't really fully bloom. We can't become if we don't first let go, if we don't first shed. And so that is the importance of the first season of autumn. So think about something in your life that you're moving towards, something in your life that you want. Have you ever tried to just skip ahead to getting that thing? Have you ever tried to just cross the finish line before you started the race? I know I have. So we need to start with letting go. We need to start with creating that spaciousness. So how do we create that spaciousness? It's easy enough to say, let go, release, right? Whatever wasn't working, well, just let it go. Whoever you thought you wanted to be, oh, just release that idea. Just surrender, I get it. (laughs) So here are some ideas, some ways that you can actually begin to create space in your body. One of my favorite ways is called swamping. And this was introduced to me by a mentor and a friend of mine named Emma Hicks. It's out there in the world as well. An amazing, incredible woman named Mama Gina, or at least that's her, I don't know, is alter ego the right word? But that's the name she goes by. You can look her up on Instagram. She's all about women reclaiming their sensuality, their sexuality, their power, their anger, all the things. Mama Gina. And swamping. What is it? Well, simply put, it is releasing all of your pent-up energy, your sorrow, your rage, your grief, even your joy. 
All right. And it looks like this. So the way that I was introduced to it was through a beautiful playlist. Um, there were three songs on it. One song was selected to help you target your rage, something that helps you get in touch with your anger. The second song was one that helped you rest and hold yourself in your grief and your sadness after you'd expended that energy through the anger release. And then the third song was a more sensual or playful song, kind of to welcome in some of these more lighthearted emotions as a way of closing out the the healing and this energetic process that you just have participated in. So I will include a freebie in the show notes that actually includes uh, a playlist that I would recommend that you use. And these songs were included actually in a retreat that I co-facilitated. I had uh, offered something called a sacred rage ceremony. And to give you a short rundown of how that went, we were all at my friend's property in Iowa, Emma's property at Camp Climb. And it was nightfall. I had invited all the women to carry a candle or a flashlight and walk to this beautiful circle out in this meadow. And we gathered under the stars. It began raining. I brought the women into a meditation. They laid upon the earth, sunk into the earth, imagined, you know, roots growing out of them, all touching and intertwining, holding and supporting each other and all of their feelings. Once we made it through the meditation, I brought everyone up and began to ask them the things that pissed them off, right? What makes you mad? What makes you angry? What else? And each woman that would share, we were all encouraged to scream and hoot and whoop and holler and clap as she would share what made her angry. And it could be the smallest little thing, right, about someone, <laughs> how someone might chew their food to something really heartbreaking and painful that happened in their life. And so we got everyone fired up doing this. And then I led by example and said like, okay, you hold those feelings. You've got them in your chest. You've got them in your belly. You've got them in your womb. Now let it explode. Imagine you're that volcano and this is your time to erupt, right? All those times during the pandemic that you felt you had no one to talk to, you're taking care of your kids by yourself, all those times growing up when you felt like you weren't good enough, all the things that people had shared. And I just ran around screaming and then I threw my body on the cold, hard earth and began pounding it with my fists until they felt raw. And then I got up, <laughs> ragged breath, everyone looking at me in disbelief, with pride, with all sorts of emotions. And I said, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. And they were ready to go. <laughs> and we all out there under the stars, in the dark, playing different songs, just let our rage and our sadness fly. Women saying all sorts of different things, screaming obscenities, having conversations with you know, people that weren't physically there, but emotionally in their energetic field at that time, they'd called these people in so they could complete these cycles in their lives that had popped up that had never been completed, that were just constantly bringing them down, right? And keeping them from their power, from their magic, from their fullest expression. We even started pushing each other. And that was an invitation I gave. I said, if anyone feels like you need to just push someone, 
I'm right here for that. So you give me a shove and I'm going to shove you right back. <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't inviting a fist, fist, what is it called? Oh, my gosh. A fist fight, <laughs> like a fist fight or brawl. It was really healing. And some some women participated in that with me. And then we started cackling and laughing. And goodness gracious, the faces women were making, it was just profound. And so there is nothing more powerful, I, I feel, than doing something like this in a group of women in sisterhood where you are held, where you are witnessed in your truth and you're not rejected, but you're completely loved and accepted. However, I know we can't always um, arrange for a sacred rage ceremony. So this swamping you can do completely on your own, right? Maybe get in your car and drive somewhere where no one's around. Maybe make sure no one's home or, you know, people are at least on a different floor and you've got pillows, you've got blankets, you can put your earbuds in, listen to these songs and bring into your body all of the emotions that you want to release, all of the toxicity, all of the things and people that are not serving you that you have to let go of, right? Grief that you've swallowed and repressed, sad things that have happened and that you haven't given space for. And then just scream as loud as you can into the pillows, cry, wail, let it out. And when you think that you're done, invite that next wave to hit you and let it out. And then when that next song plays, the grief song, allow yourself to melt Allow yourself to just cry and be held in the afterburn, basically, of that re mega release that you had with the anger, the rage, anything else. And then if you're ready for it, if that, that playful or sensual song comes on, that's sort of inviting your inner child to come in and invite some levity into the space. Or maybe it's inviting your inner, inner wise woman, right? Your future self, your elder self in to bring in some gentle movement, to bring yourself back into the present moment with your highest self. So that's one example of a way that we can create space, of a way that we can work with our autumn, right? With our our lease. There are some other ways too, and I'm not going to go into detail about them right now, but I will say, and you'll hear me saying this again and again, these alternative healing modalities such as Reiki, such as EFT or tapping, and such as breath work, these are amazing. Another one of my favorites is ecstatic dance or intuitive dance. And so you can find great playlists out there for that as well. Um, but you literally, you dance in the way that your body tells you to. You listen to your body. And in fact, as I'm saying this, I'm like, oh, I know the perfect person to have on to do an episode all about intuitive movement and ecstatic dance and the healing power that it has and how it can really activate your next level of growth and transformation. But it's really simple, right? And playing music and moving to it the way your body wants, not the way society says, this is dancing, this is what it looks like. This is being on beat. These are the movements that look pleasing to the male eye or to the female eye, whatever, right? It's about speaking through your body. So these are some ways to create physical space. Of course, you can think about things like decluttering, getting into one closet in your room. And yes, this is metaphorical, right? So we can clear out space physically in a corner of our home, and that can translate into our emotional and energetic space as well. So don't be fooled into thinking everything that you do to create space has to be, um, you know, psychological. 
it doesn't. We don't have to always know exactly what we're releasing and letting go of intellectually. We can sometimes create physical space and that does what it needs to do for our body. Okay. So working with autumn through release, through surrender, through letting go, we're not trying to hold on tight. Imagine if a tree was trying to hold on to all of its leaves after the summer, once the weather started getting colder, once the days started getting shorter and the nights longer, more darkness, all of that, right? What would happen? I don't know what would happen, but it wouldn't be pretty, right? When conditions change around the trees, around that environment, the tree must adapt. The tree must change as well. And so when we notice that the conditions around us and our lives have changed, we need to surrender. We need to let go. And that brings us to the next season, which is winter. Winter is a time of turning inward. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of rest. It's a time when if we've just gone through all that hard work of release, that energetic output, that emotional battlefield that we now get to be held and do nothing. So when you're moving through something in your life, you usually want to skip over letting go. You want to skip over the stillness. Our society is pretty rest averse, right? We want to be productive. We want to be efficient. We want to see the results. Bigger is better. More is more. And so this idea of slowing down it doesn't appeal or it doesn't feel right or we don't feel worthy. We don't really know how to do it. And so once again, I say, look to the seasons, look to mother nature. What does she do in winter? And, you know, I'm coming at this from living in Northeast Ohio. So maybe you're somewhere (laughs) where you don't have a winter. And if that's the case, think about the places that do. What happens? The world looks pretty gray, brown, white if there's snow. There's a lot of silence. You don't hear the birds chirping. You don't hear the dogs barking outside as much. You don't hear the pitter-patter of the feet of squirrels and chipmunks. Everything goes inward. Hibernation is happening. And while it looks on the outside like death, perhaps, there is quite a bit happening underground and within the structures of the plants, within the sleeping bear, there are important things happening that are making it possible for these living beings to create more life in the spring when the conditions yet again will have changed, right? And so how can you utilize winter? How can you utilize rest? How can you utilize reflection in your own life if you're looking to step in to your next level of purpose. Well, this one I think is, it sounds easy, right? It can be harder, like I said, to really pull yourself into rest. But this is the time when you do allow yourself to disengage sometimes from the deep. And there's two parts to this. So on the one hand, disengaging from the deeper, heavier, intellectual, self-development, striving work that you may be doing. And sometimes it looks like re-watching Gilmore Girls for the 11th time or Outlander, or The Office, or whatever, your show of choices. (laughs) Maybe it looks like reading some trashy novels that, you know, really don't get you thinking about anything too spectacular, but gosh, doesn't it feel good to check out with them every now and then? This can look like meditation, sitting in stillness, right? 
listening to a meditation or just leading yourself through your own journey. This can look like getting into some more restorative physical activity. So if you're someone who generally has a really intense workout routine, maybe this is when you invite in something more replenishing, something that doesn't ask you to strive and to burn, but asks you to melt and expand. This can also be a time, like I said, where maybe there is some intellectual things happening where we are striving in some way. I can often do this in winter where I do hit a bunch of books. There's an idea or something I want to learn more about. And so I quiet my social life. I quiet my more festive activities with my husband, right? Maybe like we'll make a cocktail in the evening and then we'll watch this movie or we'll go on a date night or we'll do this. And of course, we still keep the romance alive and we still make time for each other. But during a winter for me, and again, this doesn't have to be actual winter. It can be when we're talking about these seasons and cycles, these can also happen at any time. Um, So I might experience an emotional winter in July, Just because it's summer around me doesn't mean that I have to be in full bloom. I may require some deep rest, even in the thick of summer in Cleveland. So as I was saying, this might be a time when I forego some festive activities with my husband in favor of finding an empty, quiet room in my house after the kids have gone to bed and bringing a couple of books in there with me and really locking in and reading and taking notes in a different way. And that's where the reflection comes in. So it's Asking yourself some questions about what the last season of your life was like. What did you learn? What are some lessons that you gathered? What are some awarenesses or breakthroughs that you have had? Because so often we just move ahead to the next thing. We keep going and we don't make enough time to look back on what we've just encountered, what we've just moved through. And so your winter is a beautiful time for that. We're not necessarily showing all of the outward activity and hustle and bustle and showing productivity, but we're instead turning inward and allowing ourselves to be retrospective and to be introspective, to look inside and backwards instead of always looking forwards. So that is your winter, okay? Then when we have moved through release, we've let go, We've surrendered. We've created space. We've then moved into winter. We've sat in that spaciousness. We've created rest. We've reflected on our journey thus far. We've reflected on some of the things that we want to have in the future. We can move into our spring. This is a time when you look at nature, you see buds forming. There's hints of color around you. You begin to see the birds coming out. You begin to notice that the sun's coming up a bit earlier, those kinds of things. This is a sign that life is coming, that we're going to see an outwards projection of that. And so in your own life too, when you are feeling that that inspiration, right? That inspiration coming through and you're feeling excited and you're feeling inspired and you want to talk about things and you want to share things and you're feeling a little bit more social. This is a clue that you're getting ready to birth something. You see it on the horizon. Like I'm going to step into my fullness in this area. I'm going to be in my power in this area. And so what we can do in the spring I like to say this is a time when we are reawakening, when we are reimagining, 
and when we're reevaluating. So when you think about a garden, perhaps you're thinking in the spring, okay, how do I want this to look? What do I want to plant here? What do I want to produce? What do I want it to yield for me later? I'm going to imagine where I can put things, you know, how much I can lay here. What do I have to do in order to nurture these ideas, these thoughts? What do I have to cut back? What do I need to do to make this soil more rich? What do I need to weed out? You know, and so this is what we can do in our personal lives. You evaluate what was working in my life in this area in the past and what wasn't. If I were to do things differently, how would I do them? Where do I see this going? What do I want it to look like? And so you're you're plotting points out based on that. And again, based on the energy that has carried you through the former two seasons, the autumn, the winter, and now you're into the spring. And so finally, this brings us into the space of being ready for summer. This is a time of rebirth. This is a time when things are in full bloom. This is a time when everything's green and and full and colorful, right? There's so much happening in the summer. It's lively. It's vibrant. And so you can think of this season as a time in your life when you do feel like you've arrived in a certain space or time or purpose. Like all of that hard work, all of that excavation, all of that tending, all of that nurturing, well, now I can see the fruits of my labor. Now I can enjoy all of it. I get to be in it. I get to be living in the thick of it. And that is a marvelous time. And the thing is, while it's so marvelous and wonderful and magical to be in the summer, I don't ever want it to take away from your joy in the other seasons. In the joy of releasing and purging and letting go that happens in autumn, in the absolute peace and tranquility that exists in the winter where we get to pull back, in the promise and the new energy that spring brings, that it's fresh, everything's fresh, and we get to make new decisions, and we get to nurture and and help these things start to grow, and we get to see those first little seedlings, those little sprouts coming up, right? And we get to tend to those because there is so much joy in those seasons, and that's another beautiful thing about the cycles here that we're talking about. No one cycle, no one season is better than the other. All of them are relevant. All of them are necessary. All of them have their own special magic. Magic doesn't only exist when things are in bloom. But that's what we're conditioned to believe. That's what we're conditioned to strive for. And we think that we can shortcut through the rest of it. And I don't blame us for that. There's no shame. There's no blame there. This is just how we've been raised. This is how we've learned to do it. But what I have learned and what I hope that you're gathering at least a little bit through listening to this is that there is so much power, beauty, and necessity in every single season. And there's the knowing that every season's going to come to an end. We think that when we're on a journey, we should be climbing up, 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 and then we stay at the top. And there we are right up at the top all the time. And that's just not how it is. If we can picture life like a circle, 
and we can trust that we're going round and round. And sometimes we're going to be at the bottom of that circle and we feel low and we feel stagnant and we feel like things aren't moving. But that's a valid part of the cycle, right? And eventually momentum's going to build and we're going to start climbing back up that circle and then we'll get at the top again and we'll ride it there for a while and then we'll come back down, right? And so we look to the seasons, we look to see how they're all different, how they're all special, how they all have purpose and meaning, and we can remember that all the seasons of our lives have purpose and meaning as well. They're all important. No season is better than another season. Just because we're conditioned to believe that the summer is the best, to believe that outward productivity is better than inward, doesn't mean it's true. So this is just a little fraction of of what you can learn about the seasons and working with them and the cycles of your own life and having deep respect and reverence for all of your seasons that you're you're moving through and all that you have yet to call in, right? It's never over and there's always enough time. We're always going to get the opportunity to come back around and to do it differently next season. My husband and I right now, we are just doing some final little projects in our backyard as summer is coming to an end here in Cleveland and as we're getting prepared for fall to come upon us. And we're talking about, okay, this is what we're going to do in the fall here. And gosh, next spring, next summer, isn't it going to look great over in that area? And we're going to get the little boulders and the rocks and put them there. And we're going to add this here. You know, in every season, we add a little something new. And then there's the seasons when we take some time off. And we have to. We can't always be striving and pushing. We've got to give ourselves breaks. We've got to give ourselves rest. And we can always trust that we're going to have the opportunity to layer in and embellish in the ways that we want to as time goes on. So use this metaphor in your life. Think about the season that you might be in right now and appreciate it. You might be in a winter. You might have been feeling like things are barren, like there's nothing to show, right? There's nothing wrong with that period of your life though. What can you appreciate about that landscape? What can you appreciate about the stillness, about the nakedness, about the rawness? Maybe you're in the spring and you feel the promise of something coming. Trust that. What can you do to to cultivate it, to help it grow? Or maybe you're coming out of a season of bloom. Maybe you enjoyed this fruitful summer and you see it winding down. We don't need to feel We can feel sadness. Our sadness is always welcome, but we don't need to feel sadness around it if we don't want to. We can say, wow, now it's time for me to harvest. Now it's time for me to reap what I sowed. I get to to take some of this with me. I get to take all of this with me into my next season where I might have to let go of some shit, right? So my summer, I get to collect my bounty and it's going to supply me and And provide me with more through the next season where I'm going to be shedding or the next season where I'm going to be resting and in stillness. And my final note on seasons, on cycles, would be this. While I mentioned earlier in the show that you might be in a winter of your life when it's in fact summer where you live geographically, right? That can always happen. The other thing is these seasons and cycles in your own life they're not necessarily going to happen in this exact order. 
So while I said, oh, for my year-long group program, Chrysalis, we started with release so we could create space. And then we moved, you know, through the the seasons in this other way. That's not always the way it's going to happen for you. You might move from a winter period of rest and reflection, and that very well might take you a full year of your life. You might feel like you're in that barren landscape for a year, and you might then move right into summer, and then you're going to be blooming. And then you might move back to winter again after that and have a little rest and reflection, and then you might move to fall and release. So while we can look to the seasons and the cycles that we see Mother Nature following, remember that you can use that as a guidepost, as a compass, but it doesn't need to be exactly the way that things go for you right? That you are allowed to move through your seasons in whatever way your intuition and whatever way the wisdom of your body tells you. That is your magic. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about how the seasons have informed my healing, my growth, the ways that I use it to support my clients and their healing and their growth. And I hope that you're able to take a little scrap of magic from it today that supports you on your journey wherever you are. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. It's such an honor to be invited into your space. If you love today's show, subscribe and leave a review so you don't miss anything. And if you're ready to create some magic in your life right now, if you're craving a return to the energy and innocence of your inner child, then our Flower Child Retreat, October 7th through the 9th in Logan, Ohio, is just what your soul needs. Your inner goddess is invited to activate her essence while immersed in luxury summer camp vibes. Picture yourself hopping in the heated saltwater swimming pool, waking to yoga, sound baths, and meditations, nourishing your body with beautiful organic foods, and lounging in the hot tub with soul sisters at this incredible forested oasis. Head to littlescrapsofmagic.com, that's my website, and then click Flower Child Retreat at the top to learn more and book your room. And as a thank you for being a listener, you can pop in the code Little Scraps of Magic and receive 10% off your spot.